this morning? How do you how do you get a chicken kicking? Watch me. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, this morning, I don't want to I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump into into the message. We've been in a series, and uh, as if you've been following and tracking with us, we've actually been. Uh, a series as we've been in we're, we've been in a couple of series since the beginning of the year but we're going to actually going to be in a series of series throughout the year and our intent is to uh, discover what it means to become a fully committed disciple and so that's all, that's our desire and so we started off with one series this year and we've uh, we are in another series, and, and what we have discovered and are discovering to be a, a disciple uh, is that we need to genuinely love people. And so that's what we've been talking about. And uh, see, when you, when you get born again, when you get born again, you're, you, you get born again because of your belief and, and your commitment to Jesus Christ, but you've got to move from that to, to uh, becoming a believer. And so, uh, I mean, becoming a disciple. So let's jump into Matthew chapter 28, and we'll begin there in verse 18. And if you've been with us, you know that this has been our text. And it's this, and it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go make disciples. And again, I I, I made this statement, uh, believing is different than becoming. And so we, 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 we come into a, a relationship, a personal relationship through our believing, but once we do that, we've got to start becoming, and we need to be made a disciple. And it goes on to say that we have the responsibility to not only become a disciple, but be making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say, teach these uh Teach these uh, new disciples, it tells us this, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I say, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So, as I get started this morning, what I want to do is I want to jump into today's message. And today's message is what I'm talking about. If we're going to be genuinely loved people, then we need to live life serving people. That you can't genuinely love people without serving. And we, we've been talking over the past few weeks about what it looks like to genuinely love people. First of all, we talked about we have to live life in the spirit. That we can't do this kind of love and lo- love people with this kind of love in the flesh. That we've got to be in the spirit. That it is a, it is, there's a difference between loving people in the flesh and loving people in the spirit. That if you love people in the flesh, you may marry them one day and divorce them the next. And, uh, and so love in the flesh is very selfish. It's self-seeking. It's, it's, uh, in it for the, all the wrong reasons. But when you're loving people in the spirit, uh, it's not about you. It becomes about the other person. You do what you do because it's the best thing for the other person, not how it benefits you. Amen? And see, God, when, when we were yet sinners, he loved us. When we were yet sinners, he, he gave his life for us. That's the love of God. Of course, we know that God is love. And so, therefore, when we're walking in the Spirit, we're walking in God. We're walking in the power of God, the ability of God to be able to love the unlovely. 
And I know that some of you are having a difficult time loving people around you. Maybe the one that you're married to. My wife has that difficulty from time to time. She does. And uh, yeah, that's okay. But God began to deal with me uh, uh, months back, months back. Actually, years back, he dealt with me about my, my motive behind ministry. Uh, years and years and years uh, ago, he, he, he uh, challenged me and he confronted me and, and dealt with me about my motive behind ministry. I was doing ministry because of a call on my life. I was doing ministry because of the giftings on my life to be able to express those giftings. And he, he brought me to a point of decision to quit doing ministry because of the call, quit doing ministry because of the gifts, but do ministry because I love people and I love God. That that needs to be the motivation behind what I do. And, and it, it began to transform my life, but uh, something God began to do uh, a few years back is that he brought this scripture to my attention that began to rock my world even more so, and and still is to to this day. It's it's there's something there's something in the scripture that I've still yet to capture that I'm asking God to reveal, and and hopefully today that all of us that God will uh, even unveil more because the love of God again God's love so it's 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 beyond our comprehension in the flesh. And so we're going to always, I believe, going to be growing in it. Growing in the love of God. But notice in this scripture, in John's gospel, John chapter 13, verse 34, it says this, a new commandment I give you, this is Jesus speaking. So this is not a, a, a suggestion, it's not something that he's saying that's optional. He's saying this is a commandment. This is what I'm commanding you to do. This is how... In essence, how you're to live your life. This is what you do. It's not. It's who you are and it's what you do. It's not optional. This needs to be how you live your life. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. Okay, that's good. I think we all, in, in many of our thinking, we think, okay, I can love one another. But let me, can I tell you, all of us have a different idea of what that looks like. And our definition of love differs. You love pizza. You love your sleep. You know, you love your dog. And then I love my wife. Okay, well, how's that look? You know what I'm talking about? And so we all have different definitions. And, and, and God, this week, I just saw this in a, it's just like, bam, it just hit me. Not only does it say love one another, but it goes on to say, as I have loved you. You love one another, but you love on the level that I have loved you with. And, and years, a few years back, God began to deal with me about my love and how I'm living my love life towards one another. And uh, it, it goes on to say this. It says... Uh, it says uh, that you love one another. Let's go on to the next one. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. He, he said, there's going to be something different about the, the level of love that you're expressing towards one another that's different than the world. 
and, and I begin to look around at the love that people are uh, expressing toward one another. And, and I saw in my own life, in the lives of most people that I know, that their love wasn't any different than the, those that don't know Jesus. That the love that they express, those that don't know Jesus, that they express towards their own friends and their own family, and, 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 and that it wasn't much different than mine or anybody else's. And I, I God began to challenge me that, uh, that I needed love on a whole nother level. And so I, I began to make some changes uh, with God helping me. One thing that changed in my life is I determined that if I'm going to love with the love that Jesus loves is that I'm going to be high relational because Jesus was high relational. He made it all about people and not about him. And he did that. And I'm here to tell you that if we're going to really love on the level that he wants us to love on, then we're going to have to serve people like crazy. Because Jesus was a servant. The love of God expressed through Jesus was expressed through serving people. He didn't come to be served. He was God. Should have been. But that isn't the reason he came. He came to serve, not to be served. You remember that scripture? So I want to take you to Philippians, and I'm going to use Philippians as our guide through today. Philippians chapter 2, we'll start with verse 1. It says, look at how much encouragement that you have found in your relationship with the anointed one who is Christ. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening uh, friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walk together with harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. That's wonderful. I mean, it's tell us, it's, there's, a, there's so much to, to dissect there and look over, but we're not going to. I want to I jump, uh, go on to the next verse. In, in, in uh, verse 3, it says this, it says, in whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. In your life together, think the way that Christ thought. Have the same, other translation says it this way, have the attitude that Christ had. What attitude did he have? That he didn't come to be served, but to serve. What attitude did he have? He came to give his life for others, that this wasn't about him, it was about others. Let's have this mindset in us. It goes on to say this, that he was like God, and we know he was, in every way, but he did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. I really like this translation. And it goes on to say, instead, he gave up everything, even his place with God. He accepted the role of a servant, appealing, uh, or appearing in a human form. And during his life as a man, he humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when it cost his life, cost him death, death on the cross. 
I want to give some thoughts today in our time that we have together. Living life in genuine love. Living life serving in genuine love. How are we, how's this look? What, what, what is it that's, that we can, what takeaways can we take away from Philippians chapter 2 that we can apply to our life? Can I tell you, living a life of a disciple has huge benefits that nobody else will experience. We get, to, we get to experience not only the love of God in us, but expressed through us. But we get to experience the benefits of the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the, the power of God, because I'm telling you where God is, God's going to show up. God's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna manifest himself. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do wonders in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships. So when we get involved in, in, in doing what he says that we're to do, when we start serving like he wants us to serve, I'm here to tell you that God's gonna come on the scene. He will transform relationships. He can transform our, 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 our families. He can transform our community. And he can transform a world. Because that's what Jesus did. He came to serve. And it was through his serving that changed my life. And it still boggles me that that he he still serves me today. I'm I'm not worthy to be served of him, but he's chosen to serve me. I I'm I've given my life to serving him out of gratitude for what he's done and does do. In my life, and so I want to just share some thoughts with you out of this, out of this uh, Philippians chapter two that we just read. First thought I want to share is living life serving in genuine love is a partnership. It is a partnership. It's a partnership with Jesus. The Bible says that we're workers together with Him. We're in partnership with Him, but not only a partnership with Him, but we're in partnership with each other. When we serve other people. The objective is to advance the kingdom of God. The objective is to bring people to Christ. When you serve people, you're partnering with God. And when, as I said, when God shows up, things happen. We can't get selfish with our life. We've got to learn to serve people like crazy. It tells us to be unified, have one heart, one purpose, one mind. It tells us that let's, let's make sure that we're, we're doing this together. We're in partnership with doing this together. And so as I thought about this whole idea, I thought about when Jesus, right before he was going to go to the cross, right before he did his biggest act of service to humanity, and that was giving up his life for us taking upon him all the sin of the world, sickness, disease, all of that stuff. Before he did that, he had a meal with his 12 disciples. And after the meal, the Bible says that he girded himself. He, 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 he put on the garment of, of a servant and he got a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet. And it tells us even the one that would betray him He washed his feet. Even the one that he knew that was going to give him up to death, 
Jesus knew beforehand, before he washed his feet, before he served him, he did it anyway. Why? Because it wasn't about him. He was in partnership with God. As I thought about this, I thought about one of the statements that Jesus made in that, in that passage. And uh, he was, he was, uh, he was telling Peter, or was telling them all, you know, what he was doing, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, Peter, he's a funny guy. It's like, Peter says, don't just wash my feet then, just wash me all, you know, and so anyway, I'm not going to get into all that, but I want you to look at verse 8. Peter said to him, you shall, you shall never wash my feet, and Jesus said to him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And what Jesus was saying here, if I don't wash your feet, you have no partnership with me. That this is a partnership. Because the reason I'm here is to serve. As a matter of fact, we go on and we read in verse 14 that he says, I did this as an example. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Isn't that amazing? Let me, let me share a couple of thoughts with you, okay? There's a couple of thoughts that I want to share with you that I believe that Jesus showed us and that he wants us to capture. The first thought I want to share with you is this, is that we're to be the culture that we want to create. If we want a culture of servanthood, if we want a culture where we want people serving and, and making an impact with our life, a culture that's going to reflect Jesus through our, through our life, then we're going we're gonna to have to be that culture. He says, I am, I want, I've given you this an example that you are to follow. Why? Because that's the culture I want to create, a culture of serving. That we're to serve people. The second thought I want to give you here is this. Is that we, we're to sow seeds for the harvest that we want. You know, years ago, I, I, I began to plant seeds that I'm harvesting now through our dream team, through those that serve in our, uh, leading our small groups. I began to, be, you know, I, I, I really, uh, this was something that God gave me, is that if you want servants, if you want leaders, you're going to have to sow into servants and you're going to have to sow into leaders. And so I'm doing this all the time. We just had our XO uh, 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 marriage conference, had a great conference. And after our conference, you know what? We, what I did is I, I rolled up my sleeves and I began to do like the rest of our team and just pick up and, 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 and help. I, and I do that all the time. And now we've got people in our church that can do it, and they do great. And I was thinking about uh, all the different servants that we have in our church, and we do that all the time. And they're, they're, I mean, I, I don't have to do it, but I, I choose to get in there and, and be a part of creating the culture that we want here. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a struggle for our people to serve. 
Because it's a culture. It's who we are. And in your home, if you want to make an impact in your home, then you're, you're going to have to set the pace as a leader, husband, wife, parents, you're going to have to set, a, set the pace and serve so that it becomes a culture. And then you want to sow seeds. I remember we, my wife and I got involved in children's ministry years back. Before we ever started pastoring, we got involved. In, in, we were a part of a, a church in Tulsa called Church on the Move. And, and we got involved in children's ministry. Why? Because I always wanted somebody to be there for my son when we couldn't be. And so we sowed seed for it. We gave our life for it. And let me tell you, our son, our grandchildren, our, our daughter-in-law, our, I mean, we're, they're always, they're, there's, God's always showed up. And he always will. Amen? Amen? And so we need to live life serving in genuine love. And we need to understand that, that it's a partnership. But secondly, it's a position. It's a position that Jesus took. He took this position, he, he, he emptied himself of his Godhead and he took on the position of a servant. And the thing that I, as I looked at this, many people think of this as being a, an insignificant uh, position. I remember years ago, right after I got saved, I, I, I mean, I got, God radically changed my life. Like radically changed my life, supernaturally delivered me from alcohol and and drugs and nicotine and just supernaturally did that. And I got, I mean, I just I just got on fire. And God began to use me in the lives of people and and uh, people coming to the Lord, people's lives being ministered to, and and that type of thing. And I remember I was I was ushering at that time. By the way, I still usher. I, st- I still do whatever it takes. I, I love serving people. It's not, a, it's not a problem for me. I realize it's a position for me. But I, I, remember, I, I remember the attitude that I had. And, and I was uh, also a small group leader. And I remember going to my, one of my, the overseeing pastor that, in our church. And I said, listen, I'm going to step out of ushers. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to serve in that area because I, I'm concerned about the way that people view me of, of just ushering. That's an attitude, didn't that? That stinks, right? Really stinks. And, and the sad thing is, is that pastor didn't correct me, he should have. Because we're, we're among good company when we're serving. We're talking about Jesus. He took that towel and he took that water and he took their nasty, dirty, filthy feet and he served them and cleaned them. Even the one that would betray him, he still gave up his position as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, of God, his Godhead, and he, he, he yielded himself to be a servant and served even the one that would betray him. Thank God God didn't let me stay there very long. And I, I didn't. God corrected me. And it wasn't, I mean, it was a very, very short time. I went back and I apologized for that mentality and that attitude. And I, I went back and started ushering again. Amen? And the thing that I didn't realize is this. Is that 
Serving out of love is a position of leadership and influence. It's a position of leadership and influence. Stick that up there, please. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was using, he took his position as a servant to influence billions of lives. That is still influencing billions of lives. And uh, and so we, we need to recognize that. The next thing I want us to see is that out of Philippians 2 is that living life serving is a, in genuine love is a privilege. It's, it's, it's a privilege that we get to do. That we get to be in partnership and in a position of being able to serve those that that Jesus loves, that he gave his life for. It's a privilege that we get to serve in ministry together. It's a privilege that we get to do what we do. And I've said this before, what I do up here is no, it's no more important than, than those that are changing diapers, than those that are uh, at the doors greeting, that those that are ushering and ushing you, Right? Uh, it's no no greater importance. We all work together as a team. We are a body, everyone functioning in their role, functioning, doing their thing, so that we bring about the end result. And the end result is reaching, loving, and making a kingdom impact in the lives of people. Amen. So when we serve together, that's what we're doing. It, it, and, and let me tell you, serving people is a place of leadership whether his disciples recognized it or not but he was leading them to where he was wanting to take them and eventually it was going to be eternity to be with him so leader it serving is a is a position of leadership and influence i don't have it all together I, I, I've got issues. I told my team uh, this morning, I said, I've got issues. And I appreciate you guys for, for uh, tolerating me for all these years. <laughs> because I do. I, I, you know, I, I, got some, I got some serious issues. They're not sin, okay? But I, I mean, I, I, just, I just got some issues. It's like, I'm a man, thank you. Thanks for helping me preach this message. I'm a man. That is a huge issue in and itself. By the way, that was a woman that said that, right? And who knows better than a woman that men have issues, right? My wife knows. Thank God. <laughs> All right, you can hush up over there now. But we need to understand that uh, Jesus came to serve. The Bible says, "Who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Amen. Amen? The Bible tells us that when we've done it to the least of these, we've done it unto him. Jesus takes it very personal. Whenever we serve people, 
in his name. Regardless of what we do. Why is it then that people struggle in their serving? Why is it that uh, people uh, uh, maybe see it as a problem rather than a, a privilege? I think all of us need to answer that question. I believe Philippians answered that question for us. And so I want to I just, in concluding today's message, I want to talk about this. When, when serving becomes a problem instead of a privilege, or when our devotion turns into duty, or when our passion turns into passivity, why? Why is it that that happens? Well, I believe, first of all, we need to check some factors out. The first factor is this, is a, a heart factor. I, I, I believe our heart uh, disengages. And by the way, the Bible tells us that we are to not lose heart, that we are to do well. I mean, that we're not to lose heart in doing good. That we can disengage our heart. tells us that to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And so you see throughout Scripture to, to, you know, the, the importance of, of guarding our hearts. And, and why is it that maybe it becomes a, a problem instead of a privilege in people's lives? I believe it's the focus of our heart. I think too many times we focus in on the wrong things. And whatever we're focused on is what gets our heart. But I'm going to tell you there's only one thing that satisfies And that's when we're doing God's will for our life. And the will of God for you and I, I I said this last week, if you weren't here, I'll say it today, is that you can never satisfy the flesh. Though you have your way and get your way in the flesh, you will not be satisfied. The only thing that's satisfied is when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're doing it God's way. Amen? Amen? The Bible says that when we walk in the Spirit, it produces life and peace. And so when we're walking in the flesh, it produces death. It's going to kill something. It's going to kill our peace, our our fulfillment. It's going to kill all kinds of stuff in our life. So serving is a a spiritual activity in our life when we do it with the right heart. Another reason why our heart gets disengaged is where we give. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now notice it doesn't say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. It's wherever you place your treasure, eventually your heart's going to show up. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you need to, you need to make sure that your you're putting your, your resources, your finances in the things of God. Amen? Amen? Uh, another reason for that disconnect in your heart is because of your prayers. What you pray for, you get a heart for. And that's just a fact. That's why I'm a praying person. And that's why I have a heart for, for you guys. That's why I have a heart for the lost. Every day of my life, I pray for the lost. Every day of my life, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for those that don't know Jesus Christ. And, and so I'm here representing those that have no representative here if I wasn't here. 
And that's those that are lost. That's why we're a church here. We're here to grow a, a life-giving church that reaches the lost, disciples are found, and equips the next generation. Amen? Amen? Are, you, are, you, are you capturing this? So need to keep your heart engaged. Secondly, is the, the second, heart fact, or a second factor is this. Go ahead and throw it up. Oh, it is, it is up. So sorry. Forgive me. Is the hunger factor. Is the hunger factor. And what do I mean by that? What you, hung, what you hunger for will determine what you seek to fill your life with. Amen. What you hunger for, you will seek to fill your life with. I hunger for the things of God. I hunger to serve people. I hunger to make a difference in the lives of people. And so therefore, I am intentionally serving people like crazy. I kid you not. Our worship team, I... I, I I directly oversee them, and as a result, I'm always finding ways that I can serve them. I make sure that they have water uh, sitting on their chairs. They don't have to go look for water. I make sure that their iPads are charged. I I don't have to do that. I I, I don't do it to be recognized by them. I do it because I want to serve them, because I love them. I appreciate them. I serve them. I do that. I just go out of my way to find ways that I can serve people. When I hear something, if I, can, if I have it within my power, I'm going to try to do something. I hunger to make a difference in the lives of people. I'll never have inroad of influence in the lives of people not serving. It's because I have this heart to serve and this hunger to make a difference, this hunger to love God, please God, use my life for his glory, that, that uh, I live this servant's life as a lead server. And we, we have a, we have a, a culture of, of servinghood, servanthood, a culture of leadership. You know, some of you don't know, maybe you do, but... Twice a year, we invite pastors from the uh, 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 this region, and and we'll we'll just we'll just host them here, and we'll feed them, and we'll have uh, some leadership. Uh, I'll usually have somebody in to speak, and we'll we'll just do that free of charge for them, because we want to make a kingdom impact, not only directly but indirectly through the lives of others. It's just a hunger. So let me give you another factor, and it's called the humble factor. Let me tell you what pride wants. Pride wants to be served, not to serve. So pride's, looking, pride's looking at what it can gain, not what it can give. And so uh, if, if our heart is not, if, I mean, if we, if we see it as a problem instead of a privilege, and if we've lost our passion, we need to see maybe are we humble? Jesus humbled himself and became a servant. He did this. Let me give you one more, and then I'm I'm going to bring it to a close. And it's the honor factor. Honor makes it all about others and not about us. If you love people, you're going to serve people. Honestly, the greatest the greatest way that as a as your pastor and as as a leader, the greatest way that I could serve you is through. Uh, feeding and leading you. That's going to be the greatest way. 
my, my greatest contribution in making a life-giving difference in your life is, is equipping and leading and, and, and just feeding you with the Word of God. And sure, I'm going to be an example. I don't tell you to get involved in small groups without me being uh, one of the leaders in our small, in our small groups. I, I don't tell you to uh, come in here and, and make sure when we're corporately together, uh, I'm not going to ask you to come in here and, and worship if I'm not going to be a worshiper. I'm not going to ask you to go and invite people to come and be a part of our church so that, so that God can make a, 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 a life-giving difference in their lives if I'm not inviting people. Amen? And so, let me tell you why I do it, though. Why I love, so, why I love people so, so passionately and so dearly. And why it's genuine. And why I've stripped off the mask. And I, I just let you see me. You're either going to like me or you're not. And, and, and that's okay. I, 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 was telling, I was telling Patrick and... Uh, Megan, last night when I met with them, I was telling them, there's some friends of ours, I was telling them last night, I said, listen, uh, I just had lost that thought. <laughs> I got problems, I got issues. <laughs> Taking off of the mask. Oh, that's it, thank you, baby. Give me a kiss. Uh, that's okay, I like your germs. Okay, all right, let's get PG here. All right, uh, so, you know, I just take off my mask, and I said, if, if, if people walk away and they don't like me, I, I don't receive it as a rejection. I just feel bad for them because they're losing somebody that could be really strong in their life. And it, it's going to happen. I understand Jesus had uh, people that left his team. Heaven had one third. It was perfect environment. The, 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 I mean, perfect leadership. I mean, we're talking about perfect. The Godhead was there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Perfect leadership. And it still had one third of, the, uh, of heaven uh, divided and split. And so it can happen for us too. But you know, I'm still, it's not going to affect my, my desire to honor others, to love people with all my heart. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to become the disciple that God wants you to be, then you're going to have to genuinely love people. And to genuinely love people, you're going to have to serve people like crazy. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about what you're going to get. It's going to have to be what you can give to others. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together.